Podcasts are pretty common. So what makes the Uncommon Podcast uncommon? Well, it's all in our name. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and we at Uncommon Sports Group understand the unique pressures and temptations that come with a career in the sport industry. We provide uncommon training that helps you successfully navigate common challenges. Hit the follow button on this podcast. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Check out our website and become uncommon. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Uncommon Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Weiss, and I'm excited to welcome the chaplain of the Baltimore Ravens, Johnny Shelton, on the show today to help us better understand how Christians in sports should respond to the racial injustices we have experienced over the past few years in this country. Johnny, how are you? Noah, man, I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on, and uh, it's definitely an honor to be able to to talk with you today, man. Um, you know, as I think about um, just what USG is doing, man, um, for for the sports industry and mm-hmm. the heart that you guys have for for ministry uh, for souls. So I'm happy to be here, man. I'm doing great. Absolutely, Johnny. Appreciate those words. And Johnny, it has certainly not been easy to see and experience the racial injustices that have been occurring over the past few years and really over the course of this country's history. Uh, how have you handled these issues as an African-American man and as a follower of Christ? You know, no, it's been it's been tough, man. The way the way that I see it, you know, how it, it's amazing how things uh, remind us mm-hmm. of things. If, if you understand, man, I'm I'm 50, I'm 55 well, 56 now. Sorry, <laughs> I'm 56 years old. I was I was I was a young man uh, or a young boy in the seventies. And, and so to see the way things have gone and especially the last couple of years with the videos and all of these things that you can actually witness. Yeah. It takes me back to when I was a a, a young boy, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, where, where I literally experienced those things. We just didn't have video back then. Yeah. And and so there were certain things that I witnessed as a as a young boy that I didn't understand. Uh, my mom did a great job of of really really pouring into us and uh, explaining mm-hmm. uh, what that was. Yeah. And so to fast forward to to now yeah. uh, in the last few years, especially man, with the things that have transpired, it's I, I look at it as a a scab that's being open, reopen back up from mm-hmm. a sore that yeah. hasn't fully healed yet. And that's the way that I see it, man. And it's really, really heartbreaking yeah. uh, to, to see what's going on. But, but as a Christian, um, I have hope, yeah. you know, I know that we, we serve a God, man. He's a sovereign God. Mm-hmm. He's a God that don't make mistakes, even though we do as human beings yeah. and, and his pulse, his hand is over everything. And so, mm-hmm. You know, I do have hope, man, and, yeah. and and that's why being in ministry, I'm so thankful that I'm able yeah. to be part of the solution, mm-hmm. and I'm very intentional about that. Absolutely, Johnny. Yeah, I love that, too, just the idea of there is hope. 
think sometimes we can see these issues. I know for myself personally in 2020, when just, I mean, everything was really unfolding along with COVID, it just seemed like this whole world was just falling down uh, to its core. So I just, I, I really relate to you in that point of, of our hope in Christ is, is so strong and it's such a solid foundation. And I think that's a good segue to the next question I had for you, Johnny. What is a biblical response to these issues uh, within the racism and injustices we have seen in this country? Oh man, it's a, the, 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 the Bible, uh, the gospel is, is just intertwined mm-hmm. with all types of messages for us, man, in terms of how we should respond to it. But the, the big thing that stands out to me, Noah, is that in James chapter 2, mm. um, the word talks about impartiality, yeah. uh, not just in race, but it talks about how we respond uh, even to people rich people versus poor people Mm -hmm. and how we, the human element, we always gravitate to something that that's much higher in terms from a human element. Mm -hmm. But the, but the, but the gospel, the Bible talks about in James chapter two, it talks about what's called the Royal law. Mm. And in that Royal law, it's simple. It's a simple statement where it just said, we're supposed to love each other the way that Christ loved us. Yeah. Right. It, it originated in Leviticus, but then Jesus actually reinforced that in Matthew when mm-hmm. he says, love your neighbor as yourself. Yeah. But at first, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, soul, mind, yeah. and, but love your neighbor as yourself. And it's a real simple, basic principle, man, that the scriptures tell yeah. us that we should do. And yeah. as believers, as Christians, man, we should be setting an example for that. Absolutely. But but it's but it's it's real. I mean, it's no it's black and white. It's it's no gray area. Mm-hmm. Love each other the way that Christ loved us. That's the that's the biblical law. And Absolutely. it's called the royal law. Absolutely. Yeah, Johnny, I love that, too. And I think what's even so incredible about that verse itself is Jesus says the entire law uh, hangs on, on those two uh, laws of loving God and loving your neighbor as yourself, which is so incredible to think about. I think if you really meditate on that verse, I know for me personally, I don't do that very well. Uh, you think about how much we do love ourselves as compared to our neighbors. And I think that really is the, the hope, as you mentioned in the other response, the hope and the solution comes from that uh, sacrificial love. I mean, it's Good Friday today. Think about what Christ did in terms of sacrificing himself. In John fifteen thirteen, he says, there's no greater love uh, than this, that one lay down his life for his friend. And so I think absolutely. And what would that look like, Noah? If, if, if we as believers, as Christians, what what would it look like? And this is my challenge to everyone who's listening to this. Mm-hmm. What would that look like for you if we can personally spend time with God yeah. and personally challenge ourselves to where we can get the perspective of what mm-hmm. Christ? And that's what a Christian is. That's what's being a Christ-like, a follower of Christ, is to exude all of those qualities that he has. So what would that look like for me personally if I love my neighbor Mm -hmm. as myself? So that means my teammates. That means the people that I'm working with that's in the next cubicle. That means means if I love them Mm -hmm. as myself. Yeah. And man, and I'm telling you, if we approach the, our days like that, if yeah. we 
the, the, the relationships that we develop over the course of our mm -hmm. life, it will exude that. Yeah. And that's my challenge, man, for everybody. And that's what I try to do. Uh, I learned that from my mom, you yeah. know, early as a young person. But but I understand that everybody's different. Yeah. But but I think at some point we have to we we ourselves have to challenge ourselves, even if we wasn't born, I mean, raised that way. Yeah. That's where we got to challenge ourselves in that area. Absolutely. Yeah, Johnny. I think too, it's in the word Jesus often says, especially in John 14, 15, he says, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. And that's one of his highest commands is to love your neighbor uh, as yourself. So I think it is, it is a big challenge, uh, both, you know, as a follower of Christ and in terms of uh, really bringing these racial injustice issues to a place where we can start finding real healing uh, comes, oh, from, man. comes from that obedience. So I really, I love that challenge. It's awesome. And Johnny, in 2015, a young man by the name of Freddie Gray tragically died uh, while being held in police custody in Baltimore, which led to protests throughout the city. What did you tell your team during this time, and how did the Ravens respond? You know, during that time when it when it first happened, we have to understand that it, it happened in 2015, and so when that when that event first happened, and mm -hmm. and it was as crazy as that was, you know, there was other things that preceded that in other states in Ferguson and you know we had all of those things that that had started to happen so there yeah. was a lot of uh, confusion there was a lot of prayer Absolutely. Uh, there was a lot of uh, we, we we had team meetings and we were talking it through amongst ourselves there was a lot of prayer mm -hmm. you know but it things really didn't get bad here in Baltimore until the following year mm. in 2016 when the verdict came out yeah uh, the verdict came out. That's when the riots started. Yeah, I can remember vividly. Noah, we were we were in a preseason game going to Indianapolis. It was in August, our second preseason game when yeah. when that verdict came out. Wow! And I remember getting a. We were traveling, and I had just gotten to the hotel, uh, my hotel room, and I got a phone call from an intern. Uh, one of our interns in the video department mm -hmm. who was born and raised in Baltimore. Yeah. I picked up the phone and, 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 and when I said hello, it was a scream on the end and it was him. And he was saying, Johnny, they're burning down my city. You know, this was a personal gas for help. Yeah on the other end and, and just the fear of a young man because he's born and raised like mm -hmm. right in the neighborhoods where the riots was going on. Wow. He was in Baltimore. I mean, he was in Indianapolis with us traveling, Yeah, but he, it was a, it was a helpless cry yeah. from a young man whose neighborhood is being burned down. No. And it was, it was one of those things, man, where it was one of those helpless moments because number one, we were, away from Baltimore. Yeah. And I and and I just can remember uh going to his room and praying. Yeah. You know, and praying with him because that's the only thing that we could do at that point. Um but what I love about the Ravens organization is is immediately when we when we got back from that game mm -hmm. um the, the following Monday, we immediately our president um the 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 leadership of the organization, Coach Harbaugh, and and some players, man, we 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 got like 
three or four chartered buses mm-hmm. and we drove, we took a bus, the whole organization, players, and we went down to the heart of the city. And really quick, man, we we um, we just set up a, a a hub, if you will, for yeah. for the people who had lost stuff, man. And we were just giving them food and uh, mm-hmm. and just trying to, and we were praying with them and we were just doing whatever we could as an organization just to show that you know that we're here yeah you know we we're we're here for you um it was an awesome time but i can remember vividly uh telling coach harbaugh i said hey this cannot be the last time they see us yeah yeah that's you know this, this it's not about yes it's about being there when they need us but it's about being a part of of there being a, a constant, consistent mm-hmm. help. Yeah. And uh and the Ravens been doing a great job, man. Just, you know, from then just I mean it's just a presence in the yeah. community, man, when yeah. it comes to that. So yeah, it was yeah. it was a great time and um and you know we continually have the meetings, the the team meetings yeah. where we're talking about what's going on, how yeah. we're feeling about these certain things. And so which leads up to that event. And then of course, 2020, Yeah, uh, yeah. we were, we were doing those things mm-hmm. ahead of time, you know, just really talking about it with, with, within our team. Yeah. Love that Johnny too. And your initial point and in terms of prayer, I think is so important. Uh, I think we undermine prayer often as Christians and, and forget how powerful it really is. Uh, Jesus often would go by himself to pray to the father during his ministry. Um, yes, sir. There were challenges within his own ministry. I think of just the crowds of people and, and just that pressure that was on him. I think he used prayer as a way to navigate those challenges. So I think prayer is something that we need to think about more in these situations. How can we pray for our country? How can we pray yeah. for our leaders? How can we pray for the hurting families um, and impacted individuals that are hurt by what's going on? Um, I think for me, yeah. that's that's definitely something that I need to be, be to be better at. I think we can all be better at that. And then uh, even just your point, too, about having that presence. I think as a, an organization that has so much influence um, in the city, I think having that just constant presence is so key. And I think for our listeners who work for organizations that have influence to be uh, really pushing uh, the organization to be a part of the healing process because it is really important to have the sport leaders uh, being a part of this uh, movement of healing through these times as well. So I love that point. It was really good. Yeah. I'm glad that you said that, though. You, you you brought up two things. One was prayer and and how Jesus went up and and, and prayed. Uh, the Bible says it was before it was be, while it was still dark. Yeah. When he, so that kind of that kind of piggybacks on what I had mentioned earlier about mm-hmm. challenged everyone about getting your time in. Yeah. That's it, that's included with the prayer. You know, yeah. getting intimate. You know, with God, and so prayer is very, very important. And then you talk about the presence. Yeah, the ministry of presence is everything. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, so that's good. Love that, Johnny. Love that, Johnny. I think this next question is one that actually is is very important to me. Um, being a white man in this country, I think it, it's common for, especially white Christians, to sort of turn a blind eye uh, towards the seriousness and the pain that comes with racial injustice. Um, I grew up in, in a place where it was predominantly a white area, right, white community, and I, I didn't experience these things. I wasn't aware. Um, and so I'd love to ask you, what are common mistakes that white Christians make 
when it comes to properly understanding and responding to these racial injustices? Well, you know, that's that's a great question. And, and, and the thing that I say to people, to white, to what, to my white Christian brothers, and then mm-hmm. to, to the quite, to the young people, you know, who ask, I, I, I take my hat off to people who ask like yourself, like, man, what is, what is a mistake? I'm not aware of it. Mm-hmm. So help me understand. Yeah. So, and this is what I will tell you. It's, it's more than just not being racist. Yeah. You know, the question, the question is, are you anti-racist? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so in other words, you may not even have as a white person, it may not even come to your mind that you dislike black people. But the question really comes is what does your heart do when your white friend mm-hmm. say something? Yeah. That's racist. Yeah. Do you question them or are you silent? Yeah. You know, even if you're not aware, but it, when, when it hits home, yeah. like like when you've heard it and you've experienced it and you've seen it, are you silent or do you say something? See, that's when you really know. So that doesn't that doesn't make you a racist, but it makes you contribute to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. If you're silent, because yeah. they need to be held accountable yeah. for those remarks because it's a behavior. Absolutely. It's a, you know, it's, it's a heart issue. So, so that's what I would say, yeah. you know, it's not just not being racist. It's, are you anti-racist? Like, does it bother you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Johnny, I love that too. I think that's even just a good picture for all of us to carry is how do we respond when we hear a comment or a remark or a joke that isn't funny and that is hurtful and does build a behavior, as you mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. And I think, too, a huge part of that is honesty. I think a lot of us struggle with people-pleasing or being like, oh, I don't want to get into the rut of saying, hey, man, don't say that. I'd rather just kind of take the easy road and uh, sit back and let, let it happen. But that's just yeah, that's same, not okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. The same thing, it's, you know, when we talked about that scripture uh, in, in James chapter two about impartiality, the same thing goes for not just, not just racism, but, you know, degrading women, you know, whatever it is, are you, are you saying something about it when Mm -hmm. you hear it? Right. Absolutely. Then if you don't say something about it, then you're just as much as part of the problem. Yeah. Than a solution. So we got we to gotta hold people accountable, man. Absolutely, Johnny. I, I agree. I mean, that's such a good point, too, that the holding people accountable thing, I think as believers, there's a way to go about it. There's a loving way to go about it, but we need to go about it. Um, and I think the fear of confrontation can oftentimes stop us from that that accountability. But, but man, it's, it's so important. And I think to your point, too, of as a white Christian, we need to be anti- we need to be speaking up when we see things happening um, within or, or outside of the church. It doesn't matter. Um, and I, I just love that point. I think it, too, for myself, um, just really overcoming the fear of confrontation to really put forth and have those conversations, I think, is so key. So great point, Johnny. Great point. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Johnny, I think a good segue as well, you might have mentioned a little bit of it earlier, but what role does the gospel itself, the good news of Jesus Christ, 
uh, play in helping our country heal from a lot of this uh, racism and injustice that we we keep seeing. Yeah, yeah, we yeah we did talk about it a little bit, but you know, as we you know we sit here on Good Friday and we're talking about <laughs> it, it. It's crazy because I, I love Holy Week. I love yeah. this week. Yeah. Um, because I literally put myself back to that place. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really simple. No, it's really simple. I mean, it's, it's not easy, you know, but it, but it is simple. Mm-hmm. And the, the, it's, it's literally about the cross. I mean, if we yeah. are a Christian and if we are a believer in Jesus Christ, it really is as simple as the cross. We, we have to be an example the church, man, we we have to sit here outside of, we have to go outside the walls where we see or experience this racism, the prejudiceness, the injustices that's going on. We have to hold our, each other ac- accountable and ourselves accountable. Yeah. And we know that the answer is in the blood of Christ. Yeah. That That's where the solutions are going to come from. Mm-hmm. But we are the one who has to have to be the hands and feet. Yeah. The Christian, we are the ones who have to take the gospel beyond the walls of the church out into the community, out into our workplaces, mm-hmm. out into our teams. We have to be the light, man, yeah. the light of the world, as the, yeah. as the scripture tells us, yeah. the salt of the earth. We the one who have to change the flavor yeah. when we enter into a place Absolutely. and we have to take it serious, man. Yeah. And that's the, that's the role that it plays. So it's really, I don't look at it as being a role, Noah. I look yeah. at it as being everything. Yeah. <laughs> you I know what I'm that. saying? Yeah. You, we've, we've heard that we've heard the expression, stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should stay in our lane, Yeah. but, but the lanes should be everywhere. Yeah. That's what the gospel is. Absolutely. That's what it is. And if, and if it's everywhere, it'd eventually catch on yeah. love your neighbor as yourself. If we can do that, man, it's really as simple as that. Yeah. Johnny, that's that's so huge. And I think, too, what I love about the gospel is the freedom that we find in Christ, which is really the only freedom we can find in this world, it opens us up to be able to love our neighbor as ourselves by the Spirit, of course. But I think that's what is so encouraging about the gospel. It's for everybody, everywhere, and every time. Um, and I yes. think if we live that, as you said, if we're— if we are the hands and feet, which we are called to be, in the light of the world, the salt of the earth, the way we live our lives matters. The way we interact with people matters. The way we talk, th- talk, think, speak, write, type, post on social media, it matters. Um, and so I think to the, the witness of, of being a Christian is the most important thing you carry. It, it's, it reflects Christ. And so to your point, as the church, we need to be that light of the world, salt of the earth, which will bring this gospel and this good news to others which in turn will lead to, to healing in these issues that we're talking about. That's really good stuff. Amen. Amen. And, 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 and I'm hopeful. I'm yeah. very hopeful for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, it's been, it's been encouraging for me. I think uh, just even the amount of these kind of conversations that I've been able to have, I'm sure you as well, um, just in regards to the gospel and this issue of racism and injustice in our country, I think it's, it's a really good step in the right direction. So it's good stuff. Absolutely, absolutely man. Absolutely. And Johnny, you are well-connected with Benjamin Watson. He's a key voice in the Christian community on this topic of racial injustice. And he actually published a book titled Under Our Skin, 
What are some of his ideas on this topic that have really stood out to you? The big thing that, that Ben says all the time that, that really jumped out at me is said it's not a, he said that this whole issue of, of racial injustice, he said it's really not a skin problem. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a sin problem. Yeah, absolutely. Right? And and that right there is really what, what stood out to me, you know, about it. And he's absolutely right. Mm-hmm. We make things so hard because we we are so we can get so emotionally wrapped up into anything. And and, oh, and yeah. just like I mentioned before, you know, racism is a learned behavior. Totally. It's it's a learned behavior whether people are aware of it or not. And that's where it comes to their awareness. Yeah. Right? Awareness that this is a sin problem, especially if you are a believer. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. and so that's that's where, you know, everything is pushed to the middle of the table, man, to where the accountability comes mm-hmm. forward, man, to where you can just tell somebody. I love, this is what I love talking, especially to a player who's a believer. Yeah. I love talking to a player, a, a player who's a believer to challenge them. Yeah. You know, and, and and challenge them to go out and be the hands and feet in the locker room. Totally. And and I'm able to 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 really hold them accountable and build relationships with them so that so now we're there's there's another game that we got that we have to win. Yeah. Right? And and we and we go out and we join forces to you know for the unbelievers to mm-hmm. let them know that this is a sin problem. Absolutely. You know, yeah. but 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 how do we get there? And so, but Ben did a great job, especially, man, it was so awesome having him here in the building for a couple mm-hmm. of seasons yeah. um, and, and how God was able to just use him, his presence, his wife, their, their family, man, just here, mm-hmm. you know, as they talk about, you know, these type of type of problems. We have been talking about those issues, but then when he came here to be able to be a part of the discussion, it was, it was, um, it was really good, but those that that's the things that stood out to me in terms yeah. of his book, and then the and then the last two chapters in his book um, really really stands out because he talks about hope. It's called hopeless. The next to the last chapter is called hopeless. The last chapter is called hopeful, mm, and love that. which again, I I love how simple. He made it, yeah. but but basically he's talking about just in Christ, mm-hmm. you know, we're hopeful. Yeah, absolutely. all of this thing is hinged on the love of Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if we exclude Him, then we we are going to have a hard time. Absolutely, and that's what we're witnessing now with this racial injustice and and with you know some some people are just not there yet. Yeah. You know, but 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 our hope is in Christ, man. Yeah. Absolutely, Johnny. I think to your point about if we exclude Christ, that there's there's gonna be challenges getting through this issue. And I think we've seen that. Um and to your point, there's another game to win. I, I loved how you, you phrased that. And I think that for all everybody listening, we're all involved in sports in some regard or have been involved in sports in some regard. And the the biggest game we can win is is sharing this this message of Jesus Christ to others and living that life um, as a witness to be the hands and feet, like you said, um, because it, it really is a sin problem. I, I love, I love that thought process because it's so true. I mean, everything, 
um, that we do, I mean, Jesus even says it, it comes from for the inside, it comes from the heart. Uh, it, it's a sin problem. It, it's not just, it's, it, it's a learned behavior. It's something that we need uh, something outside of ourselves to fix, which is the gospel, which is the spirit, which is Christ. Um, and so I think just realizing the power that's in the gospel, the power that's in sharing that, the power that's in the freedom of Christ, I mean, it's, it's really the solution. Uh, and I think if we, if we forget that, Absolutely. if we turn towards other things to fix it, not to say there's other things that can help, there are, um, but there's, there's nothing like the gospel in terms of healing this sin and many others. Um, but I think if we're, if we're ever going to see true healing, especially in the church with this issue, it's got to start with living like Christ, seeing the example he set, but also recognizing the gospel sets you free from your sin and the spirit has power to change you. So, uh, tremendous, Absolutely. Tremendous and, and I have another and I have another challenge, Noah, along yeah. those lines. When, yeah. when you talk about the heart, you know, my challenge for the listeners, again, is 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 to challenge yourself. And, and I'm speaking from experience, OK, yeah. personal experience in terms of what changed for me. How how did I go from just existing and 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 and, and then living? Yeah. And, and my life scripture uh, for me is Proverbs 4.23. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it simply says this, above anything else, guard your heart. Yeah. Because out of it flows the issues of your life. And so when we talk about being aware of, of our life, you know, we get so caught up in our day-to-day life of ourself. Yeah. We don't think about why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, why do I say what I say? So those learned behaviors of racism, it's a heart issue. Yeah. It's what's in your heart. Those what's in your heart, the Bible is saying that what's in your heart would determine would determine the course of your life. Yeah. Yeah. Some version says it's the wellspring of life. Mm-hmm. And then others says it's the issues of your life. And so if you're experiencing racism, you have to start with yourself. Yeah. And you have to call it what it is absolutely and it's because that's what's in your heart mm. and so how do i get that out of my heart i have to repent yeah i have to repent i have to accept christ as lord and savior i have to get to know him and yeah. have a relationship with him before i can move forward absolutely. but he's there to cleanse me absolutely of all unrighteousness and so that's my challenge just See what's in your heart, guard your heart, mm-hmm. and 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 talk to someone that will help you, that can help you. Yeah, Johnny, that's a great challenge too. I think just how we live, how we watch our heart, it just is so important. Uh, so it can't be overstated. It's a great challenge, and I definitely for our for our listeners, do that. <laughs> it can be it can be convicting to do that, but um, yeah, walk in step with that and recognize that. This is, I guess this is my encouragement to our listeners as well. Don't feel condemned if you are searching to improve yourself, if you are searching to be healed by Christ, if you recognize a sin issue. I think sometimes you can be like, oh man, like I don't, I don't really want to dive into guarding my heart because then I'll have to feel convicted. It's better to feel convicted than it would be to just sit back and ignore <laughs> the issues hey, of man. your life and then walk, walk forth and continue to damage yourself. And so... Don't fear conviction. Uh, fear, fear not being convicted. It's it's good to be convicted. Uh, the the word says yeah. that the Lord rebukes those He loves. It's not a bad thing to be convicted. It's actually a great thing. Um, so that's a good word. Don't, good word. Don't feel 
condemned by conviction. So great word, Johnny, and a great challenge as well. And Johnny, lastly, what words would you give a, a young Christian professional who is in a, in a locker room or in a media room or in an equipment room that's really trying to face these issues head on and win the game, per se, of, of fighting this battle against racism and injustice? You know, that that's a good question. First, first of all, I just want to I want to give a shout out, man, to just all of the younger generation. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we're talking about racism. One thing that I'm very hopeful about, as I experience and talk to, to young people all, all over the country, yeah. is that I'm seeing so much, I'm seeing so much of the anti-race. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm seeing young people more than ever stand up for racism. Absolutely. I, 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 I I've witnessed, I mean, there's, there's young people who's, who's calling their parents out and, yeah. and it's, it's been amazing where they're really holding their parents, their aunts and uncles mm -hmm. accountable. So, so I do want to give a shout out to those who yeah. are really just standing in the gap and that's really being intentional about it because it's a generational thing. And I'm so hopeful. I'm so hopeful as I see and witness these types of things, Yeah, but, you know, but I think one thing that I will tell them, uh, uh, tell everyone that's, you know, that's really trying to walk this thing out. And even if you're not, yeah, different, different doesn't mean wrong. Mm -hmm. Different doesn't mean wrong. Yeah, different just means different. Yeah, Absolutely. right. And and so if we can just get that in our fiber of our being and mm -hmm. and, and 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 stand on that, if nothing else. Yeah. Understand that it doesn't mean it's wrong. Yeah, you know, yeah. and continue to do what you're doing, and and you know, and I'm and I'm and I'm praying and join us in just praying for as we move forward, as we continue to fight uh, racial injustice. Absolutely, Johnny. I appreciate those words too, and I just think for our young professionals to continue. I think what you said earlier just it stuck out to me so much is to continue being anti. Uh, anti-racist and, and really fighting uh, for for the, the love of others, loving your neighbor as yourself, oftentimes being being confrontational. Uh, it means challenging yourself to step up to the plate, especially as a white Christian. I think there's a, another level of responsibility uh, for the white Christians uh, to really be more outspoken because sometimes our voices can, can impact those that are that are also white that are uh, that are being racist or that are being you know, prejudice towards others and that we can step up to the plate and make a difference in our words and our actions. So Johnny, great word. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on today and we appreciate what you're doing as a chaplain in a league that, that needs Christ. Um, and we, we appreciate your faithfulness. No, man, it was uh, great hanging out with you, man. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, just know, man, I'm continuing to pray and uh, praying for the, for USG family, the organization, and just for everything, man, this topic specifically, man, we're yeah. praying uh, so much, man, about as we move forward, man, to, to, to um, knock this sin out. Absolutely, Johnny. If you want to get involved with Uncommon Sports Group and the mission that we are on to help you navigate the sport industry as followers of Christ, apply for our academy on our website at UncommonSG.org. That's UncommonSG.org. Org. Be sure to catch new episodes of the Uncommon Podcast every Thursday at midnight Eastern Time, as well as the full video episodes on our YouTube channel. Until next time, we pray that you will strive to be uncommon 
by glorifying the name of God in whatever you may do. See you next week.